Hi, welcome to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. My name is Rene from Alarm Reply, and today we're going to talk about synthetic data and generative AI for the Metaverse. And for this, I'm honored to have a special expert guest today, Didipia Leitla. Hi, Didipia, and welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, Rene. Thank you. I'm really good. How are you? Doing fine, and I'm really excited to talk with you. Uh, but first of all, let's introduce you to the audience here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to the metaverse, 3D, and any related topics. So I, I started my career as a 3D animator. And then since then, I've had a chance to like work on different parts of the 3D pipeline. Um, currently, I am a technical artist by trade. So that means I not only make art, but I also build tools that help make the art. So I started my career in film, and then after film, I went to games. And then after games, I had a really good opportunity to start working on the Microsoft HoloLens. And so since then, I've been able to use immersive tech in a lot of enterprise uh, situations, uh, contexts, and being able to help a lot of customers solve important challenges. So currently, with the Valorum team, which is an awesome team, we get to do a lot of the same work in um, we use a lot of like cutting edge technology with our latest foray, which I'm super proud of, is machine learning. Awesome stuff. And yeah, Didipia, you're a fantastic 3D animator, but so much more, like you said. Um, so yeah, really, really impressive. Uh, let's dive into our today's topic. Uh, you recently actually told me about a, a great project you have been working on uh, that was leveraging synthetic data for AI model training, right? Uh, which is super exciting because it will allow us to scale. But anyhow, you will tell us, I'm sure, um, about it. Like, what is it about? So this this project kind of um, so it came out of a conversation that we had with a customer, and the customer basically said they they thought they had everything working. So the biggest challenge they were facing was that the model that they were using. Um, the images that, they, that were used for training the model itself were actual real-world images. But the issue with that was that they weren't, it didn't have a proper cadence. There was no process of like how often the images would come in, how long it would take for the model to train the images, and the images would come in at like random times. So that meant that they had to keep pushing off model training or it wasn't as accurate. Or by the time the images came in, they had to get new updated images because those images weren't relevant anymore. So then when they talked to us, we suggested using synthetic data. Because with synthetic data, you can just build a whole huge database of images, a huge variety. But additionally, it cuts down the amount of time you're waiting to train the model. And you also have, like, you can you have variety that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get in a real-world dataset. So it just opened up this huge possibility for them to be able to get much more a much more reliable model, but also in time and in a way that would keep their model updated based on how often it's changing. This is pretty impressive. And especially I like the, the part you mentioned about the, um, that it's, that you can basically like synthesize or render uh, variations that you would not be able to otherwise see in the real world data, right? And so you can 
like in a sense, you could augment your data, right? Definitely. I mean, some of the images, um, like you'll, some of the images you will see with a lot of synthetic data is not meant for a human eye. Like you'll, like if you, to give like a, an example that anybody could see online, if you go to NVIDIA and you look at their synthetic data examples, you'll look at their, um, the, the forklift truck being like tumbled on the floor in like different colors and different textures. And it's just a way for us to tell the model that, hey, like these are all distractions. This is what you need to learn. But it's, that's the part of synthetic data that I think it's like, it's a little bit jarring. The first time you see it, you're like, but this doesn't make any sense to me. And, but it's not meant to, like it's meant to make sense to the machine. So it's really interesting sometimes you can have fun with synthetic data. Yeah. Yeah, oh, this is great. And so do you think like for the metaverse, like the, the whole kind of, you know, vision of the metaverse and, and do you think this is relevant for the metaverse and is a building block for like large scale experiences? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think if you look at the way 3D ML has progressed in the past year, like if you look at um, one of the examples was uh, Google Nerf. The, like the way it's been able to generate an image, even from something that was just shot in darkness with a lot of noise, is able to take that and make a 3D rendering of that. Like that's amazing. And to be able to take that kind of learning and put it into building a whole new world inside the metaverse, that opens up so much possibility. That opens up like things where you might not have imagined as a person, but the machine suddenly has a new idea and that can be a new experience inside the metaverse. Yeah, very good. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, it's, it's super relevant. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right there. Because like, if, we, if we think about like just the, a huge amount of, I mean, like, let's face it, like the metaverse, the true vision is the, the next iteration of the internet which means it's the 3D immersive internet, which means we need a lot of 3D data. We need a lot of, of data and we need to also recognize a lot of things automatically. And I, I guess there's no way actually that you could have all, you know, human workers or whatever you want to call it, you know, provide all of this data. I, I don't think that is even possible. And it might actually be an essential building block, right? Without it, it might not even be work. Um, exactly. So. And I mean, with, with synthetic data, right? If it's, with the tools that are available today, it's, there's so much more possibility for somebody who can just come in, pick up the tools, and start building that synthetic data. Like it's, it's, it's not something that only a person with a very specific skill set will be able to build. Like obviously, with my background in 3D, there's a lot more understanding of like photorealism and all that. But Anybody can actually go in, pick up a few tools, learn how to build this, and then you have this data that can then be used to train. Obviously, like the biggest part about synthetic data is that it takes away any bias that people might have, that people might have in generating the synthetic data. So then when you have data coming in from all these different sources, it kind of makes sure to cover all the different bases and different biases are kind of taken out of the picture. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think like um, also another part, like not so much synthetic data, but the generative AI, where you have these AI system that can generate new content out of a text prompt, for example, right? Um, I also think this will be gaining quite some momentum already, but I think it will be even more important. Like with 
you know, these models um, that are out there like DALI or Midjourney and Stable Diffusion, just to name the three most popular at the moment, um, they can create, like I said, these novel images um, by an AI that learns basically all the internet images. And you can just give it a text prompt and then it hopefully has a desired result. And it's really impressive what we see all around these days. I've been playing around quite extensively with those. But like you said, also what you see is certain certain bias, right? When you ask certain questions like, hey, give me a computer scientist, you will always get a male, um, white male in the mid 40s age or something, right? And so that's an issue for sure, because like that's not the real world anymore. And so fortunately, right, <laughs> that has changed. This is, this is amazing. Uh, but it's still the data. So, right, maybe we can use synthetic data actually to generate enough, you know, other permutations and then we can get better results with less bias. But uh, I actually had another question regarding these generative AI stuff for you. Um, because, you know, you're also a 3D artist by, you know, by trade, if you will. And so the, uh, the whole kind of idea that basically these generative AI models like Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, Delhi, to um, they use all the existing original artwork of other artists, basically, because they are trained on this, right? And so it's kind of a, like some artists, what you read online, they see it as a threat, right? Because like it's kind of um, using the original artwork and uh, generating new stuff, though, but it's still based on what they have done. And so what do you think? Is it an, also an opportunity or do you rather see it as a threat for artists and their original work? I mean, I think that if somebody wanted to steal somebody's art, that's already happening today, right? Like this, as humans, we're pretty creative. We'll always find a way to go around the rules. I think with generative AI, it's still a tool. So it depends on, you can either use it for good or you can use it for bad. So it depends on the person using it. Um, I think with generative AI, the really exciting part is that you can train it on these limitless possibilities and then suddenly you have uh, a version of an image or a world that you didn't even imagine. So like one of the most recent examples I was looking at um, earlier this week or last week was somebody who used Midjourney to make Metallica's Enter Sandman's video. And <laughs> they actually, so it basically used the song lyrics to then generate the visuals. And what was really interesting to me is that like every time a lyric repeated, the, the visual that it showed kind of fit in the world of like that original image that it showed. <clears throat> like, um, I think one of the lyrics was uh, entered uh, Neverland or something, and like the image the first time it showed, or exit light, um, enter night, and like the image that it showed was like the exit door and the light coming out and the person walking to the other side. But the next time it showed that image for that same lyric, it was slightly different. It was like something had changed. So like, I think it's it, like generative AI has this like, because you're not limited by the human mind, it gives you all these like new ideas that you otherwise might not have thought. Like one of the images, the, the houses were just floating on top of like moss clouds. So I think it's, it's important to have the opportunity to have those ideas because when you're building the metaverse, if you're building this like digital world and you can't possibly have all the ideas manually, like you have to have all these different inputs and different sources. I don't think generative AI will ever replace uh, an original artist's work, but I think it will take us to a point where it will give us a lot of new ideas, it will give us a lot of 
it's kind of like you're, as an artist, you're kind of collaborating with a machine to think of something new. I, I like this a lot. I mean, like if you think about when computers came out um, and then, you know, the first computer graphics happened, even then already, like in the 70s or 80s, like artists use this. I unfortunately, I forgot the name of an artist. It's one of the famous artists that first used like digital images. And uh, he recently died a few months ago, but like he was one of these pioneers and they all also were looking at him. Oh, he's using computers to generate images. Like, what is he doing? Or even like, I, I don't remember who said it to me, but it was also a good analogy, I think. It's uh, similar like when, um, you know, of, of, you know, photography came along and people could, you know, finally take photos of the real world. And, you know, painters were saying, oh, they're cheating. You know, they're <laughs> like, yeah, kind of. Like, and now we have AI helping us in cheating. But it's, I think it's like you're saying, it's rather, I, I fully agree. It's rather a tool in the tool belt of an artist. But you're still the artist and you have to use the tool in the right way and in a unique way. Because in the end, art is also about having a unique idea and knowing how to use the tools correctly. Right? I mean, like even the, if, if you look at the history of animation, um, when, when they made, uh, when Disney made uh, Beauty and the Beast and like they were animating the dancing, they actually had, they, they filmed uh, dancers doing those exact steps and then they drew on top of it and people are like oh well that's cheating like that's not animation and then motion capture came along and everybody was like oh well that this is even more cheating and you're like no it's, it's just a way to improve what you're already working on so i think like each time technology makes a leap forward there's always like naysayers like oh well this is, this is just going to kill innovation but i think it's just hmm. It's, it's just, I guess we just need time to kind of get used to this new iteration of technology. Yep. yep. And that's actually a fantastic final world word here. Um, we just have to get used to it. Um, same same applies also to the metaverse, I guess. <laughs> we'll see, you know, where it lands. But anyhow, um, we're already at the end of the show. Thank you so much to DPR for joining us today and sharing your insights. That was very much appreciated. Thank you so much, Rev. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, and thanks everyone for joining us for Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. Watch our blog, follow our social media channels, subscribe to our YouTube to hear all about the next episodes. And of course, you can visit us at valormreplight.com to recap all previous episodes at any time. Take care. See you soon in the Metaverse.